Hello from Suffolk, England, where it's a little cooler today, with a rainy morning, then sunshine, and cloud to follow in the afternoon. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth for ever. 1 John, chapter 2, verse 17. It's Monday the 3rd of August, in the year of our Lord 2020, and it's time to sit back and start your week right. I'm Mark Sidwell, and this is Mark's Almanac, bringing you five minutes of civilised calm, recorded in the peace of the English countryside. Tonight, if it peeks through the cloud, is the August full moon, the grain moon, with the harvest ripening, the Swifts have left for another year, starting their long journey to Africa. And in the water, the fish are rising, first thing in the morning, and well into the long warm evenings. For angling is somewhat like poetry. Men are to be born so, I mean, with inclinations to it, though both may be heightened by discourse and practice. But he that hopes to be a good angler must not only bring an inquiring, searching, observing wit, but he must bring a large measure of hope and patience, and a love and propensity to the art itself. But having once got and practised it, then doubt not but angling will prove to be so pleasant that it will prove to be like virtue, a reward to itself. That's from Isaac Walton's classic The Complete Angler, first published in 1653 and long acknowledged as the greatest idyll in English prose. On this day in 1914, Germany invaded Belgium and declared war on France, precipitating the First World War. Britain's Foreign Secretary Edward Grey, watching the lamps being lit at dusk in Whitehall, said, The lamps are going out all over Europe. We shall not see them lit again in our time. In his spare time, Gray was a master of fly-fishing, and his book on the subject, published in 1899, is a classic. Also on this day, in 1803, Joseph Paxton was born in Bedfordshire. At twenty, he so impressed the Duke of Devonshire, William Cavendish, that the Duke made him head gardener at Chatsworth. There, his innovative greenhouse designs culminated in the Great Stove, at the time the largest glass building in the world. His experiments allowed Paxton to cultivate the Cavendish banana, still today the most consumed banana in the Western world. Paxton's groundbreaking glasshouse designs also inspired his masterpiece, the Crystal Palace, built for the Great Exhibition in 1851, for which he was knighted. Sadly, his plans for the Great Victorian Way, a ten-mile glass loop around central London, were shelved after the Great Stink of 1858, diverted all infrastructure efforts into building London's sewer system. Here's a poem for The Departure of the Swifts, How at Once, by Edward Thomas. How at once should I know, when stretched in the harvest blue I saw the swift's black bow, that I would not have that view another day until next May again it is due. The same year after year, but with the swift alone. With other things, 
I but fear that they will be over and done suddenly, and I only see them to know them gone. That's almost all for today. I'll be back next week. Don't forget, you can sign up for emails with show notes and links when new episodes go live at marksalmanac.substack.com. And remember, that's Mark with a C. And if you need some music to wake you up for the week ahead, how about Folsom Prison Blues by Johnny Cash? I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. Until next week, stay civilised, keep calm, and please keep washing your hands. Have a lovely day. <laughs>